Welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Your host, Steve Hudgens, is a licensed professional counselor. On a non-emergency basis, you may contact them at area code 918-280-8690 or coachsoul.com to provide them with new topics, feedback, or to request an appearance on the show. And now, here's your host, Steve Hudgens. All right, welcome back to Coach Soul. What a great podcast about internal dialogue with women. And, and Kenya, you you brought mm-hmm. some truth. What a great segue to lead into this one about that was what very is exciting. Truth. What is truth? So, Steve, well, yeah, I want to invite you to relax, take the back seat. I'm interviewing you right now, hun. Let's go. All right, spotlight is on. Tell me about the voices in your head, the thoughts that comes in the internal dialogue as a, as a male. You know, as a man, it is difficult sometimes because I look at what year are you wanting me to talk about in my head? True, true. You know, so, because so, so can you can you start? with the not so evolved version of yourself to really relate to the listener. Like before you went to psychology and all the things that you've been through when you were a beautiful, regular man, how Mm. was it? When I think about my childhood, it was composed of a father who was in military So there you put the structure that's there. Mm -hmm. And then you have my mother who was a stay at home and there were some issues there. So now I have that wound well as perfectionism. Mm. I had to dress a certain way. I couldn't have holes in my jeans. My mom would patch them up. So the internal dialogue affected my self-esteem. Hmm. And so some certain events that I I won't go into, but these events of uh, guilt, shame, discipline Mm -hmm. affected my internal dialogue of self-esteem. So I remember living in, you know, in Texas where it was hell hot and then moving to South Dakota where hell freezes over the two different contrasts, you know, uh, that played in the viewpoint of who i am because you go through bright sun and sometimes south dakota you get those deep winter blues and so you i felt like a spoon bending back and forth in my thought processes and i realized that i was picked on made fun of when i was there in south dakota and in texas But my dad got an assignment to go to Japan where I went my freshman, sophomore, junior year. Mm -hmm. So now that warps another piece of me because now I have a plethora of great friends from Japan that are still in my Facebook. And uh, we connected 20 something years after Facebook connected. And so I'm dating my age as far as high school. But when I come back from a slow-placed environment, because often our environment for me affected my thought processes. So not only my parents affect, but my journey affect Mm. 
But in high school, I became very popular uh, amongst the, some of the kids that were there. I was a yearbook editor. So what I noticed about my development was that I enjoyed the positions that I was in. So the titles gave me a definition of who I am. And so what I hear you saying is that identity came from the titles. There you go. Mm -hmm. The identity came from, but tell me about the voices in your head. It was saying that I'm not good enough unless mm. I'm in a good place that I can have control over my environment. It was a place of, uh, for example, I uh, became a hall monitor. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll admit this because I didn't want to be outside in the cold. Got Why it. couldn't I be? And let my friends in on the inside and let them stay in one place to keep warm. I wanted to advocate for them. So there's mm -hmm. that people-pleasing people thought process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I come back to the States and I go to college. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I'm lost of who I am and my identity. Because I go from a slow pace of life, because 45 kilometers uh, over there is like 20 here. And so it's half the speed and everything changed in the United States and everything became so fast driven that it was difficult for me and my voice to catch up. Wow. And so there was a cultural shock? Extremely cultural shock. As well as you lost your floor. Yes. Of certainty, which you were highly driven by controlling uncertainty because your parents was all about control. Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to college, uh, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to be a business administrator? Uh, you know, a manager. So I sought out titles. Do I want to be a CPA? You know, and then I, I got into somebody introduced me into the radio and I became a radio host and doing um, interviews, but also doing the news. And so I love podcasting, not podcasting, but uh, broadcasting over the yes. media. Yes. So that's why I started that. And that started to play on my ego a little bit. So I'm substituting my outward task to define who I am. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And you know, uh, and the conversation of, in your head will go like, <laughs> like if I do one more thing, then I am, I'm better, I'm stronger, right. I have more value. I don't want to put words in your head. Can you please give our listeners a peek in what are the voices saying to you? At that point in time, because I mean, I, I was like, ready to jump out and be on my own mm -hmm. because of the controlling that I had at home. But I was very intimidated by the adult world. Yeah. But I had, I pushed myself. I was surprised that I pushed myself into, uh, you know, always thriving in my environment. It, I guess it's the survival mode that kicked in. 
uh, all this time I've been surviving. And so I find different jobs and things like that. So I became a youth minister after graduating. I had a degree in philosophy and, and broadcasting. Um, and then, of course, youth ministry. I did that and wasn't my cup of tea. So I went military. Mm -hmm. That really challenged my thinking. Why did I get into military? Or what caused me going into military? See the two difference in the questions. That's where yeah. I was going with this. I was judging myself in the actions that I was doing. But at the same time, I had no um, idea of what I was doing. And so that caused confusion in my mind. And then when you get into the military and you go through basic training they kind of break you down. It's a mind game. And we were standing in formation one day and they told us to, to get down and do 50 push-ups because somebody messed up. And so I'm on a fire ant hill and all these ants were started coming out and I had to move. Mm. Drill sergeant's getting onto me. Drill sergeant, there's ants on me, you know, and I, I've got to shake them off. And he said, go ahead and move. But next time, ask permission. So it's like now I'm being structured in my mind. But I went from thinking as a teenager, beginning to develop my thought into an adult. But I still had wounds. I just masked my wounds. Yes. And to mask, I thought, why not? Well, that is a classic case of survival in order yes. to be accepted and to survive in society. I must appear strong that I have my things together, that I and know exactly of, how to be. And one of the things that, you know, I had empathy, but mm -hmm. I was also a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. In the military, you cannot be a people pleaser. You're going to get shelf killed, right? And so going from there, I moved to uh, Oklahoma with my wife and my daughter, and I became um, an engineer for MCI. I was working on the networking for there. And I thrived in that environment because it, it tapped into my logical brain of mm -hmm. knowing how to do things. And I was very quick and very fast that I got promoted over the six years from a tech two all the way up to tech four and working from not only on a tier one, but a tier two, which is the next level up of sophistication and identifying. But Kenya, I mean, it's so easy for me to identify things outside of me, but very challenging for me to identify my own thought process on my inside. That I did not take the time to realize that I was still Im emotionally immature in the fact that I was I had some control mm -hmm. and I was very selfish. It wasn't until my children were born. Yep. That will do it. That broke me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not, not financially, right? Well, love breaks you open if you are yes. open to love that big. Love really breaks you open because they will, they right. will show you. And at that time, uh, 
you know, I looked at the relationship with my spouse and I, and we were like, uh, it was getting a little hectic to where I didn't feel fit uh, as a man because of the language that she would use. And it was attacking. Well, what did I do? I was reactive to that because of my thought process. And I went to counseling on my own to get the help that I need to start working on clarity on my thought. Why? Because I had conditioned responses and behaviors from my father and mother as growing up and those wounds that had hit me. So that right there, stop right there. That is what every voice speaks. Every voice that is not uplifting, that is not bathing you in truth, mm -hmm. is bringing you, is shining, it's vibrating the wounds of the past. So listeners, if you can separate the voice, is this is this wound or wisdom? Is a wound or wisdom? Mm -hmm. That right there is a trick to feel like you are not the voice. And you have a say in which voice is louder or lower. Please carry on. You notice that it was the voice of the wounds. Yes. And mm -hmm. I began to work on that in therapy. And, and you know, when I think about these things, not only was it the past wounds, it's the current wounds uh, that I was dealing with, but I had a hard time looking in the mirror. And in my thought process is I'm not good enough. Sure. And there was a moment in time that I was doing being very successful that it hit me. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if, if God was trying to give me another direction or whatever, but that was the beginning of my journey of transformation in the year 2000, when my spouse and I divorced the company of, of that I was working for 6,000 of us got laid off in a day. And then within that time frame, nine 11 hit. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing after another, boom, 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 boom. So working in telecom, I didn't want to go to Sugarland, Texas, because I didn't want to be away from my kids. My kids were very important to me. Mm -hmm. I fought for my kids. What age were they? Uh, my daughter was about five-ish. Mm -hmm. My son was a year and a half when they divorced. Mm -hmm. And that was very hard for me because there was parental alienation syndrome happening. And yes. to the listener, that is a parent that sabotages your relationship with the other parent. Mm -hmm. Out of trying me, to control. Let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. I had asked for switching of the of the weekend. And she says, no, you either use it or lose it. And I said, look, this is not about us. The kids need both of us. Let's switch. Because I have to go down to Plano, Texas for spectrum training for telecommunications. And she says, no. So then as I'm on down there and coming back on a Sunday after my training, um, she emailed me and says, your kids are so disappointed because I packed their bags and they're ready to go. 
and they're unhappy that you didn't show and you let them down. Mm. And the internal dialogue was really um, hitting me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started learning to set healthy boundaries for myself. And I began to look at this is not healthy. So back in the day in Oklahoma, that was so custody. And so I worked with Governor Keating at the time here in Oklahoma, stating here are the statistics, things that need to change. Working with uh, legislators and such, the laws got changed in Oklahoma to mandatory joint custody. I took her back to court and won custody of my children. Now, talk about a degrading moment and the challenge of my fatherhood but then to look at the courts gave me custody of my children, showing me as a fit father, really elevated me. But I needed to be humbled about that because I remember, you know, there's a point in time in the court and I said to my attorney, look, I don't want the opposite. I want us both to be equal. And he said, be mm -hmm. quiet or the judge will give it back to her. Hmm. And it's like, that challenged me as well, because I, I'm about the, the, the sanctity of the kids' minds and healthiness that both parents should have. So, so Steve, yeah, I hear a lot of the same narrative from childhood wounds, visiting yes. during the marriage. Yes. So let's talk about that. The voices are exactly the same. Did yes. you shift from your parents? To her. So to a not female only, voice. But not only in mine, but women have that too in that internal 100%. dialogue, right? Exactly. Here's the other thing that I've learned. To being hear. inadequate, not being good yes. enough, not right. showing up. This is not it. I told you this, you know, misinterpretation. Uh, your your goodwill is being misinterpreted. Mm -hmm. It's your words is used against you, which is manipulation. It's guilt, right. shame. I mean, I mean, we're all back to childhood, religion. It's all the same thing. So here, I'm glad you point, pointed that out because from from there, you know, trying to find, uh, you know, I got my custody of my kids by, you know, got custody of them. And then because I was working for U.S. West, we got bought out by CenturyLink in Louisiana. Well, when mm -hmm. another company buys you out, the one who gets bought out gets laid off. So yes, here we I are. See that. Another layoff. The only job that I can find at this time is spraying lawns. So here I'm going from, you know, 80 grand, so to speak, of a job down to half of my salary in spraying lawns. And I'll never forget the moment. And this is where my internal dialogue shifted for me. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. I'm out on this grass and I start spraying. Immaculate home. The family steps out. I'm his same age. And I'm thinking, how does he have a larger home, a wife and two kids still with what he has? And yet I'm being a servant to him. And I'm wow. spraying. What does he have that I don't have? And I thought, wait a minute, Steve, hold on. 
something bigger is about to happen if I allow it. I was beating myself up over what I could have been based upon somebody else's experience. And how much does our internal dialogue, because we want to escape from the pain, to compare? Mm -hmm. And that's when I shifted and, you know, there was three job offers that I, that I had at the moment. And I took one that was risky instead of a six figure income or a different income working in the field that I wanted to go to, but less pay. And I chose a six month temp job, but because I excelled in it, they created a job and I got in and permanently with this position. And that's when my life started changing and realizing that it is me getting outside of my head and being determined to do something different. And that's when I started working on becoming a therapist. Yeah. I also heard something different. I, yeah. heard, I heard that in your childhood self, you wanted the approval from your parents. Yes. And by the way, Steve, this is about you and Mel, but don't we all? Like, mm -hmm. this is a genderless, this is a neutral conversation. But again, we're focusing on Mel. I also heard that in the marriage, you wanted to be enough for mm -hmm. her. For if mm -hmm. it's again, the looking at the reflection of outside to see if you're really worthy, to see if you're really good enough. That moment that you said shifted, you're like, wait a second, I get to be good enough for me. Right. I'm putting my own words, what I heard you saying. <laughs> no, I mean, that that's moment exactly... was a moment like the angel singing. Ah! Right. Which in, in my universe is, hey, hey, Steve, you have always been perfect. You have always been whole. You have always had all the power. You have always been accepted. The acceptance that you that you offer outside, offer inside as my son, you're perfect. That's God's way. That's my way of put God's words in here to say that you listener, when you say, when you give yourself permission to shine, and step into that authority that has already been given, watch miracles happen in your life. Now, carry on. Did you just say that the offers of jobs just are showing up and you decided well, yeah, I, to take control by, right. by starting your education in psychology? Doing something, yeah, going into psychology. And one of the things that I want to interject here too, because your life is multifaceted. Mm -hmm. We wear different hats and our thought processes all change the time. all those, right? So not only did I have father, mother, wound, not only did I have self-esteem issues within my own self, yes. not only did I have trouble within my marriage, mm. there was trouble within the church. Oof. And I went yes. to the leaders and I said, I need some help in salvaging my marriage. And the leadership there says, this is a civil matter. We won't get involved. And I had to remind them of the truth that it's not a civil matter. It's a soul matter. You have four yes. souls that are in jeopardy yes. here. And I stopped going to church because mm. of that. So fast forward back going mm -hmm. into, you know, becoming a therapist 
I realized about 2009 that I wanted to shift gears in my life. And so um, I read, reread scripture and things like that. And part of it that I like is that immersion or baptism saves you, not the removal from dirt from the flesh, but a good appeal conscience to God. I wanted that clean conscience by being yes. baptized. The clean right? slate. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I began that clean slate in my life in 2009, and I went back to college, learned a lot more about myself, mm -hmm. attachment disorders, things of this nature. 100%. And I graduated and I started shifting from 2012 and uh, in, in from engineering into becoming a therapist where I ended up working in an inpatient hospital, which was the best thing for me because I learned a lot more. Mm -hmm. Because now, the influx of people and how different they, yes. they were with all the, all the issues, all the colors of the rainbow, I bet you saw everything. But here's where I want to go with this so that we can end this podcast here, uh, Kenya, is that the internal dialogue is a journey. Yes. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And mm. the reason why I said that is because I had to push myself again. Of course. You know, this year I went on a cruise. I pushed myself because yes. it was a, so, my first cruise, solo cruise. I learned more about myself, which I prompted my own book that's published called The Journey, Not the Destination. I talk about how did I overcome my wounds along my journey how did i self-heal so not only do i take experience and therapeutic and spiritualness it's all combined in this this book to help people to realize you can change your stars um you know i i'm trying i'm having problems remembering this movie but it's about the first night it's not the first night i forgot what it's called anyways it's a great movie about how to change the stars if we stop focusing on the negativity of our life and start focusing what we said earlier on truth, mm. our internal dialogue changes because mm -hmm. our environment changes. We attract better people in our life. And, and Steve, I mean, on that note, and as we close this podcast, well, thank you very much to give the listeners such a a microscopic view in a fast forward way through your journey of becoming the Steve that is sitting in front of me today. It, it tells me that it is possible. And it tells mm. me that, that when I use the word, it's perfect. It's whole. You are perfect. You are whole. What I really mean is I accept me as I am right now. Right. And tomorrow it will be a different version it is a always evolving as a spiral dynamic. Like there's another layer in, uh, um, uh, opened up. It opens up a new layer every time that our consciousness uh, levels up. When you are able to see more, God unveils more. When you're able to go deeper, there you are. But at every level, if you can shift, which you can, right now, as you're listening to this, you have a say in the voices in your head is the truth is not true is that the wound is that the wisdom is that for me 
or is it for journaling? Because when you journal, you take outside of your head and now it's no longer, it no longer runs your body. And we can oh, even yeah. go deeper and, mm -hmm. and burn that thought. You journal, then you burn it. And it's, thank you. Thank you for the information. You gave me a great segue mm. into wrapping this up in a nice package. Mm -hmm. The package is this. When we get burnt by cooking or we accidentally touch a stove as a kid, we don't want to go near it. We're afraid. True. There we go. But as we get older, what do we learn? How to prevent being burnt. And so our journey is the same way. We recognize where we've been burned. I don't remember where I got burned. I might have a little scar here or there where I've gotten burned. But at the same time, I become preventive by using pot holders or being more careful as I place something into the oven. It's the same thing with our life. It's being proactive, being aware, mm -hmm. observing, like mm -hmm. you said. Mm -hmm. It's all those things like cooking and being very careful with the ingredients that we have. And take a stand that you're not a victim of your life. I'm going to be Correct. very black and white as we close. You're not a victim of your past. Mm -hmm. It Those experiences are pages in your book of life that help you to become who you are right now. Now, what you do with this information, what you do, who you be in this mirror as you hear this, is up to you. Great point. We're out of time. God bless and thank you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, be safe and be kind.